This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Friend, my topic today is Kabbalah. Now, I can hear some people chuckling in the background here. What on earth is a pastor talking about Kabbalah for? And what exactly is that anyway? Well, it's fast becoming a serious cult in this day and age. When I look at pop stars compared to when I was growing up, the occultic images and symbolism used in their music videos is rife. I see pyramids, false gods, all-seeing eyes, Illuminati symbolism, Egyptian hieroglyphics, etc. And the sad fact is, our youth are totally blind to the influence of the occult on their lives when they view these videos or listen to the music. There's a thirst amongst the music industry for all things ancient and occultic, and that thirst doesn't seem to be quenched anytime soon. I sincerely believe that one of the reasons for this occultic infiltration into the music industry is Kabbalah, but certainly not the only reason. Followers of Hollywood Kabbalah, which is one of the three main branches of Kabbalah, often wear a red cotton bracelet around their wrists as a trademark of their membership. Now, the Kabbalah concerns itself with philosophical matters such as cosmogony, the origin of the universe, cosmology, the order of the universe, and epistemology, the means and validity of knowledge, and the process of the universe. Kabbalah is Hebraic theosophy or knowledge of God through mystical insight, which shares many things with Gnosticism. According to them, these mystical insights are not available to everybody, only those learned rabbis who seek direct communication with God. But friend, they do not weigh their findings in light of God's holy word, which is a very dangerous and deceptive endeavor. Now let me start out by listing some of the celebrity practitioners of Kabbalah from the music and film industries, and they include, it's a long list, Madonna, Lindsay Lohan, Gwyneth Paltrow, Roseanne Barr, Sandra Bernhardt, Anthony Kiedis, Zac Efron, Demi Moore, Britney Spears, who incidentally was introduced to Kabbalah by Madonna, Mick Jagger, Jerry Hall, Lucy Liu, James Van Der Beek, Alex Rodriguez, Rosie O'Donnell, Naomi Campbell, Donna Karen, Elizabeth Taylor, Misha Barton, Paris Hilton, Ariana Grande, Nicole Richie, Sharon Osbourne, Diane Keaton, Naomi Campbell, Winona Ryder, Kamora Lee Simmons, and finally Victoria and David Beckham, who often wore the signature red bracelet during his soccer matches. Now, did you notice there were several leading pop stars and rock singers in that list, friend? The truth is, Kabbalah is not easily defined. In fact, there are so many sects of Kabbalah, none of them can even agree on the correct spelling of this cult. It does not have one single book or belief system, but instead is a smorgasbord of different lies all rolled into one. In a nutshell, Kabbalah is ancient Jewish mysticism. It centers on the oral traditions of God handed down by the ancients in the secret Torah. 
Now, as you know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible and comprises of the written law. But Kabbalists contend there's also a secret oral law that was passed down amongst the Hebrews and available to those who joined their ranks. Sound familiar? The driving force behind Kabbalah, as with all mystery religions, is to harness supernatural power. Its belief is that people can access God's power and use it to transform themselves and the world around them. But this power is not for the good of mankind, friend, but for selfish ambition and often at the expense of someone else. As you know, friend, only Lucifer the light bearer offers power outside of God's jurisdiction for personal gain, and its celebrity followers may or may not realize this. The Kabbalah occupies itself with esoteric knowledge, or the innermost secrets. It's a unique brand of occultism, built on fanciful and spiritualized interpretations of the Old Testament, and particularly the Pentateuch or Torah, as I've mentioned. Judaic Kabbalah refers to the wisdom of the Torah, or the hidden science, but its true nature is the focus of endless debate amongst even scholars. In today's world, there are three prominent branches of Kabbalah, Judaic Kabbalah, Hermetic Kabbalah, and finally Hollywood Kabbalah. All of these branches claim to be the authentic teaching lineage. You could say the main aim of Kabbalists is to study Kabbalah, argue Kabbalah interpretation, and finally spend time telling others they're not true Kabbalists. This reminds me of another bunch who like to debate for endless hours instead of embracing the truth for themselves, and that would be the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' day. Now, according to Kabbalists, the Torah, or written law of God, is not an authentic oracle of God, and its author, Moses, never meant for it to be taken literally. But God did, friend. Instead, the Kabbalists claim we should focus on its subliminal meaning via the use of symbolism, imagery, and allegory. Therefore, according to them, God cannot be known by man since God wouldn't dare come down to our measly level of existence. But instead, humans can only know about God, but his nature is surrounded in mystery. Friend, let me tell you right now, if you've been following my radio program for any length of time, You'll realize this so-called secret knowledge is once again a resurfacing of the false branch that claims salvation through knowledge instead of salvation by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. It smells of the Alexandrian Greek influence of Simon the Sorcerer in Acts chapter 8 and the Greek philosophers who tried to mix their philosophies with the pure word of God. The God that many Jews embraced during their time in Alexandria, Egypt, was distant, transcendent, impersonal, and far removed from man. If you recall, the world of Alexandria was a melting pot of religions and philosophies, exposing leading Jewish scholars to Socrates, Plato, Pythagoras, as well as the writings of Hermes and the development of Gnosticism and all things false. This legacy was carried on by Simon Magnus, the same Simon whom the Apostle Paul rebuked in Acts chapter 8, verses 20 through 23. One of his false teachings was that man had a dormant power within him that needed to be harnessed and that man can become a god himself. Oh man, this sounds familiar. It's the same old junk. Now, during the reign of Alexander the Great in 330 BC, around that time, more Jews lived in Alexandria than in Jerusalem. And although they believed their scripture to be superior to Greek philosophy, unfortunately, some of them were not immune to its influence. In fact, some of them probably struggled with their theological identity in the philosophical culture of the Grecians. 
Now, over hundreds of years, a second method of scriptural interpretation evolved due to the influence of Plato and Philo. Therefore, as time progressed, some of these Jews substituted the literal meaning of the Torah or God's holy word for symbolic imagery, and this cancer came to be known as the allegorical method of interpretation. It's the same cancer, friend, that led to higher criticism practiced by German scholars who attacked the Bible, like Konstantin von Dischendorf in the early 1800s, and later publicized by Westcott and Hort in their perverse Revised Standard Version, which was not based on the Textus Receptus. But I digress, friend. The truth is the modern-day version of Kabbalism is really nothing new, but merely the hybridization of that which is pure and holy, namely God's Word, united with arbitrary Greek philosophy, founded upon man's reasoning faculties, having no real basis for truth. Kabbalism today is really an exclusive little club where each rabbi claims to be the real or authentic teacher, but it's nothing more than old-timey witchcraft under another name, utilizing demons to gain access into people's lives. Now let me talk about Hollywood Kabbalah for a moment. Jewish leaders across the globe downplay this branch of Kabbalah because Philip Berg, its founder, added a whole bunch of New Age thought to this particular sect. Philip Berg was a multi-million dollar success, and he claimed that his version of Kabbalah, and I quote, can find lost children, cure their illnesses, replenish pocketbooks, and bring true love, unquote. But the so-called Reverend Berg is not without controversy. It's been documented that former Kabbalah followers within his congregation experienced high-pressure sales techniques and personal threats that included a warning that, quote, their children might fall ill unless they donated money to his organization, unquote, and that, quote, dark forces would bring them personal tragedy if they ever left the organization, unquote. Berg went on to claim that all people are responsible for their own pain and suffering, and it has nothing to do with sin and our fallen world as the Bible teaches. He went on to foolishly declare that the Jews died in the Holocaust because they failed to read the Sefer HaZohar, which is a series of volumes on the mystery aspects of the Torah, which appeared in the 13th century. Berg has since passed away in September of 2013. The Zohar, friend, is written in Aramaic and is based on ancient material. It's a huge work consisting of several books, the most important of which is the mystical commentary on the Torah, as I've said. Friend, some people hold this Zohar in high esteem, even within Christian circles, but it's nothing but complete nonsense. It's filled with nothing but mystical speculations, wild fantasy, and allegorism gone mad. In 1971, with virtually no money, Karen Berg and her husband, Philip Berg, the spiritual leader, opened their first Kabbalah center in Los Angeles, California, turning traditional Jewish wisdom upside down by offering Kabbalah study to women and non-Jews. The Bergs had a simple but radical idea. Kabbalah wasn't just for the Jewish elite scholars, but was something that could be taught to everyone. Now, Berg was idolized by Madonna, and she has encouraged millions of her followers to listen to the words of wisdom from Reverend Berg. Berg's mantra was chilling, to say the least, and a well-known hallmark of the occult. It reads, open your heart and reach for the light. Friend, it's clear to us bastions of truth, the light they're reaching for is nothing but Lucifer's, who appears as an angel of light to deceive many. What's even more disturbing is Madonna's eager pursuit of Kabbalah, 
and its influence upon children. I'm sure you've witnessed these seemingly benevolent acts by Madonna, especially in the nation of Malawi. She regularly adopts children there, and we think it's an honorable thing to do so, on the surface at least, and why wouldn't we? But the Kabbalah Center for Spiritual Kids, or SFK, curriculum is being taught to children in orphanages that Madonna has built in Malawi, Africa. This all sounds wonderful, friend, but the bottom line is Kabbalism is a cult with occultic tendencies and children are unknowingly being exposed to the occult by Madonna, who's one of its biggest evangelists. Friend, the similarities between Kabbalah and the New Age movement cannot be discounted. Kabbalah places a spark of the divine in everyone, and the New Age teaches the divinity of all or God within, which we know is a lie from the pit of hell. We need to steer clear of this cult at all costs. Kabbalah has much in common with Gnosticism also. Another one of the mystery religions spawned in Alexandria by some Jews who were later seduced by Greek philosophy. Kabbalah has therefore long been associated with the mystery and power linked to the world of the occult. As we know, friend, the foundation of all occultic practices is based upon doctrines of demons that have been concocted by communing with them, and this is strictly forbidden in Scripture. Kabbalists interpret the Hebrew Bible relying on innumerable commentaries of men and interpretive tools, but their downfall is they take all scripture as allegorical instead of literal, which we know is a false teaching. As Christians, we know commentaries and books are useful to help us understand the Bible, but they're never supposed to be a substitute for it, nor can they judge scripture. We must remember that scripture judges all forms of interpretation, but interpretational viewpoints through commentaries must never govern scripture. Friend, have you heard enough nonsense for one day? I know I have. Stick to your old King James Bible and you won't stray far. I also wish to thank Dr. Kenneth Boer for granting me permission to use some of his source material in this segment and Dr. Walter Martin for some references. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.